Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is episode 61. I am your host, Dom Fusco. I appreciate you, as always, for tuning in today. With me, I've got my man, Austin Suter. Austin is an entrepreneur, artist, athlete, writer, and founder of the brand Wavy Dreamer. This is a really powerful conversation about personal development and creating the life that we want to live for ourselves. If you've ever felt lost in the world with no clear direction on where to go or what to do, chances are you're not alone. In this episode, Austin and I sit down and talk about why he started writing and creating, the criticism he had to deal with, his struggles with mental health, and how he found outlets to express himself, the importance and value in sharing your story, how to deal with judgment and backlash from others, why you should not limit what you think is possible in life, and so much more. This was an extremely powerful conversation and one that I felt personally like I needed to have. Um, Austin, he also felt like he needed to have it. And I just think there's a lot of value to be shared um, in this conversation. So I appreciate you as always for tuning in. And with that, we'll get into it with my man, Austin Suter. Austin Suter, brother, What's welcome up? to the show. Thank you. How's it of going? Of course, man. It's going well, man. It's about time we got we got to to chopping it up. It only took like what yeah. three to four reschedules, and now we're now we're here. <laughs> hey, that's how I live my life, bro. <laughs> one day at a time. Always one day at a time. Always busy, but it's good. We're here. Good, good. Well, I mean, you can't be that bad. You just got back from Colorado and mm-hmm. being out there skiing. So, what's the mindset like? What's the vibe that you got going on right now? Work. <laughs> work on work on work work on other other work side hustles you know work on myself physically not so much mentally right now but more so physically trying to bounce back from covid get ready for a marathon and see what uh see what happens with these other endeavors you know side hustles trying to build a brand that kind of stuff are you going to be running the austin marathon yeah planning to we'll see i Got COVID Christmas time and then getting back into it since it's been tough with the, the breathing. I got the, the NBA player lungs now they all complain about. So we'll see. Hopefully it, it goes away. So you college baseball player, first off, in my conference. So, you know, Dickinson, Hopkins, a little, little bit of rivalry there, even though historically you guys – uh, probably kick the crap out of us in uh in pretty much I mean you guys you guys do that in pretty much everything but how yeah. did a baseball player turn into a marathon runner because those guys they don't run I play baseball myself baseball players don't run yeah I sucked at running when I was in college and playing baseball I was I wasn't super fast it was usually like average speed but I used to hate running used to run poles as a pitcher in college. Didn't like it. Um, and then like probably early pandemic time, I guess what that's like two, two years ago now, almost just about. Um, yeah. That's crazy. I lived on a trail in Austin, still live on the same trail, just different building, but, uh, started running and like, I don't know, I guess I got bored of whatever else I was doing and figured I'd challenge myself you know, I could say something cool, like turn your, you know, weaknesses into strengths, but really I just like got bored, went out for a run one day and noticed how I felt after and how mentally it helped me just to like get out, clear my mind, expend some energy, 
you know, break a sweat, all those things, how you feel after, you know, that you just, you feel better about yourself. Um, and I just, you know, being an athlete, I think I wanted to, to find a way to challenge myself. I didn't have a sport anymore in my life. So just tried to push myself and keep going. I think probably like the first few weeks of running, I, I probably couldn't run more than like a couple miles without getting gassed. And then within a few months, I ran a half marathon. And then in the past year, I ran a marathon. Now just, you know, plan to keep going, see, uh, see where it takes me, but I love it. I think it's a great way to clear your head and, you know, just to do something that, that challenges you. I think that's what distance running does in a way that it just expands your mind into, you know, your potential and unlimited possibilities of, you know, how far you can go, where you can take things. And I think that running is very synonymous with that. And it's a parallel in a lot of ways to like, as I've, you know, learned to, to run longer distances, I've noticed things in my life get better and improve and like go further in other areas as well. So, um, you know, it's very, I don't know, it's very mental and I love that aspect of it. So, what are some of the things that you've noticed carried over front? Like since you started running, since you prioritize your health, you know, like I noticed those things too. And really when you're out on those runs, there's not much you can do, but think, you know, and kind of just be present, breathe, work on your breath, try to notice the things around you, like take in the yeah. environment. Like I'm, my favorite time to run is before the sun comes up. And then like, as the sun rises um, and just like the clarity and the way that I think and that my brain just seems to, to function like at that mm -hmm. moment is just, it's unparalleled to like kind of anything like I've ever experienced. So like, I, I mean, you're not in your head. So I assume you feel the same way. Like, what's your experience with that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think it's that runner's high, right. That everyone talks about, but I, I think it's more than that. I mean, for me, I don't know. I, I think that running long distances and like proving to yourself that you can stay committed to a training plan. And it, it almost helps you understand like the concept of delayed gratification. And I think that we live in like a society where everybody wants things like right away. Right. I mean, there's a lot of things that I think of that I want and I think about how quickly I can get them. But, you know, sometimes we, we fail to realize the process that goes into that and that almost is like debilitating in some sense when you're working towards goals is because you expect so much of yourself as an athlete and you're like, why don't I have it yet? Um, so I think running for me is just like, it's taught me a lot from that standpoint about delayed gratification and, and staying committed to a process and trusting in that process. And, you know, I think that that is something that a lot of people can learn from. And then you, you kind of, learn to implement it in other aspects of your life, just from thinking about it while you're running, right. Or, you know, thinking about structuring a training plan and everything that goes into that. Um, you know, you understand the end goal, but you also understand that like the process is the, you know, the biggest piece of that. And I don't know, for me, that's what it is. And, you know, like I said, kind of just helps me prove to myself that I can, do hard things that maybe I used to think I wasn't capable of and that I can stay committed to something and, and see it through.
because I hadn't always done that and I didn't always commit myself to the things that I was doing in that way. So I think it's really taught me how to do that and like keep a promise to myself in that sense. You mentioned right there, keeping a promise to yourself, showing yourself that you could stick to something, doing hard things, doing things that you didn't think that you would be able to do mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever it may be. So I kind of wanted to take a step back and where were you just a few years ago, like at those points where you weren't able to handle life the same way that you can now? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, a couple of years ago, I think I was a little lost. I didn't really understand myself, myself to the extent that I do today, but I was more so in a place of just trying to figure out who I was, what I wanted out of life and the man I wanted to become. And I think that every person, you know, man, woman goes through that at different phases of their life and not everyone is on the same timeline um, with that, but that's kind of what I was going through. And I think you have to get a little lost to find yourself sometimes. So I was probably in that place. And then, you know, running was something that really helped me. And I was, you know, in therapy, like deep in therapy at the time, that's around the same time I really started to dive into writing more. So I was trying to implement things in my life that helped me feel better about me and, you know, work through some things that I need to work through. So it was more the combination of like the physical challenge, the, the mental challenge that writing brings. And then also, you know, just the consistency of going to therapy, working on yourself, your mind, kind of combining the whole like strong mind, strong body thing and, and then seeing, you know, the results of that. No, I love that. And where did you start running? What was the inspiration to that? Why did you do it? And, you know, how has it, how has it led you to where you're at right now? Uh, I don't really think I had an inspiration to it, really. My mom ran marathons in the past, so I always thought she was a little bit crazy for running that far. But I don't know. I, like I said, I think I just, you know, went outside one day and was like, fuck it. You know, I'm going to go for a run and then just kept doing it and see how I could really challenge myself in that way. And just kept pushing. And, and then I went to Zion National Park and ran a half marathon. And that was like one of the more like profound experiences that I've had in my life to this point where I was just early morning, super cold, just by myself, like kind of just like, I don't know, on a wave, like vibing in, in a way. I know that sounds like cliche to say, but I mean, I was really just in the moment, like looking around at, at my surroundings and felt grateful and felt at peace and felt like that was a result of putting myself in that position. And if I never picked up running, I never would have been in that position to have that experience. And then it's led me to, you know, other opportunities since then. And working with a foundation like the hidden opponent, things like that, really trying to like dive into that aspect of, you know, of my life and, you know, show support for other people and in, in different ways and, and organizations. So I think it's just open doors for me in a sense of like who I, who I've met through it. Um, but also just open my mind to really believing that, you know, I can accomplish anything that, you know, that I want to do really. 
how about writing? So I know just from talking to you, like, and listen to, um, you know, you on our mutual friend, Corey's podcast, you talked about how you started writing when you were at Hopkins, you were still in college and then something happened where you stopped and then now you picked it back up and you've grown wavy dreamer mm -hmm. into something pretty freaking dope. So, you know, where, where did that start? Like, like, why did you start writing? Um, why did you stop? And then why'd you pick it back up? Yeah. Uh, why I started, I mean, I don't know, really. I, I think I probably just started writing things down, like sparingly throughout high school here and there into college. And whether that was in a journal or just on my phone, the note section type thing. And I always felt like I was very articulate and well-spoken and could put words together, you know, pretty well. And I mean, I think I, I wasn't really maybe thinking about it at the time, but you know, as I was doing it, I think that if you teach someone how to write, you can teach them how to think and think through situations and things that happen in life that, you know, require a lot of thought in order to deal with them. And I think that through writing, I really, you know, helped myself in that way and was able to just strategically and, you know, really like concisely think through certain things that I probably wouldn't have had the ability to think through in the way that I did without writing and without developing that skill. Um, you know, I think if you can, if you can write, think and speak, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about this, but if you can do those three things, like you're deadly, you're kind of a weapon in, in life. And, you know, you can persuade people, you can, you know, climb the ladder, you can do all those things. If you can just do those three things and do them well, um, you know, it's a, it's a very powerful skill set to have. So I think as I dove into that more, I started to notice like those things happening and since I mean, there's a, there's a backstory there of, you know, going to therapy and having a therapist recommend writing to help me through childhood trauma, um, and, and things that I went through as a child. So there was an aspect of that as well, but that was more so writing out like past experiences to, to just release them, not so much writing for the enjoyment of writing and impacting others in that way. Um, and then about a, over a year ago, you know, I, I started writing, sharing things on my uh, Instagram story. And this was a couple of years after trying to do that previously, and then kind of just getting shut down by the, the fear of judgment of what other people would think because of some things that I saw at that time. And I really let that hold me back because I didn't understand in that moment that that was a reflection of them, not me. And you know, I think that I wrote something about this, but I always felt like I had a lot to say, but I had more to learn first before I was able to say it. If I tried to address that experience when it happened, I wouldn't have been able to do it in the way that I have since in the past like year or so when I talked about it or written about it because of the perspective that comes with time and with maturity 
and all those things and just thinking through and taking time, you know, there's another thing that I've written. It's like, you know, the best thing I ever said was nothing. That kind of a concept to where if you can just train yourself to calm your mind, quiet your voice and, you know, just give things time. You'll, you'll find that you'll reach a new understanding and a different perspective than maybe you, you would have, you know, if you just spoke on something that you weren't ready to speak on or, you know, wrote about something you weren't ready to write about. Um, so I think that that was, that was a, a huge experience for me because, you know, that's, that's another thing, another example of delayed gratification, right? Like understanding that words, words have power, whether they're spoken or not. Like language is an overrated form of communication. You know, there's, I don't have a soundbite for everything I've been through. And I think that if you understand that you can, you can work to see things differently. If you just give things time and, um, you know, take the time to actually try to work to understand things from a different perspective that maybe you don't have initially when you're reacting or responding from a place of fear, or a place of anxiety or, or whatever that is, you know, in that moment. So, yeah, I mean, I think then fast forward a couple of years, about a year and a half ago or so, my fiance now, you know, she kind of pushed me in that direction of, you know, starting an account and not just sharing it to my actual Instagram story, but just creating a separate account for, for what I write, making it shorter form because, you know, we live, uh, you know, I think the longer Instagram captions and uh, longer form content writing wise has its place, but not really today on social media. You know, we, we crave content, but we fail to understand the context that goes into it at times. Um, that's why I hide my light counts too, because I think that that's important to really, you know, judge something for the actual content itself and not based off of how many likes it has with that herd mentality type thing. Um, trying to find ways to just make people think really like a few lines, maybe two to four or five lines and tell a story through that, you know, but, but keep it open-ended and, and make it relatable and something that they can read in their voice. And that's why I started like with an alias because I wanted people to be able to read what I wrote in their voice and make it their own, not read it in mine, you know, with my face behind it type thing. And since then I've kind of changed that approach and, and started to include it with like more personal brand. And that's because of the things I'm trying to do with it now and turn it into an actual brand. But, um, you know, at the time I think I was writing writing to myself as I was still processing my own journey of like healing and growing. And I think a lot of what I would write was to my inner child and to my younger self, like that, you know, 13, 14 year old, um, you know, and I, I think when I would think of things, you know, I'd write them down and, you know, I'd write the things down that really, that I felt like moved me. And I said this on the podcast with Corey, but, you know, chances are if it moves you, it'll move other people too. So then I started sharing it and, you know, I, I think a lot of it at first was me. I think a lot of us do things, you know, 
subconsciously that ultimately we're doing for ourselves, but we may say we're doing it for other people, right? Or for a greater good. But I think at first I was really doing it for myself and, you know, writing to myself in that way. And as I put things out there, I started to live my life that way and continue down that path. And, you know, I think it held me accountable to that and to that way of thinking and, and processing things and, and growing, you know, through those words and, and implementing them into my life. And, you know, I think that was great for me. And then since then, it's really become more of like, a, you know, something that I do for, for everyone else now that follows it. I don't necessarily feel the need to create in that way as consistently as I did before, because I'm in a different place. And I think the place that I would go to, to write those deeper things was a darker place. And that's a place that a lot of creative people go to. And that's why creative people have a reputation of being mentally unstable. Um, you know, artists, writers, things of that nature, musicians. Um, so I think now it's, it's more about proving that, you know, creative people can be mentally stable and, you know, can continue to carry out that vision without having to put themselves back in those places to create from those like depths that are maybe a bit unhealthy or unnatural. You know, I don't do drugs. I don't really drink at all. Um, uh, you know, I don't go to those dark places in my head really anymore that I used to, uh, but it, it's still there. You know, I still can, you know, pull it out when I need it and it's healthy. It's not, you know, I could say something really deep and put it out there and, you know, I've had, had this happen where people would reach out to like my sister, you know, people that knew me from when I was younger and say like, Hey, is your brother? All right. And it's like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, like, it's just interesting that people, you know, would think that, but, you know, I guess you don't know what you don't know. And until you have a conversation, you know, about it with, with that person or with someone. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what it's become now and just trying to stay consistent with it because I know that it helps people that see it and, and they enjoy it. So that's really just the, the place I try to create from today. Well, I think it's extremely interesting that you decided to do it as an alias, you know, because everything nowadays seems to be like people flock to things that have their personal brand because, yeah, you know, like they feel connected to the author or the creator in a certain way. Um, so like, was there a point in time where you realized, like, I think it's important for me to like show like who I am and that like, this is me. Um, yeah, I'm going to pull something up on my phone. I, um, follow this poet. His name's Atticus. Well, his alias is Atticus. Um, he's, uh, I think somewhat like not famous, but he hangs in those circles in, in LA, California with famous people. So they know who he is. Um, but he's always kept his like identity private and just written, you know, under that alias. And when he has readings in public, he wears a mask so that people can't see his face. And I think he's, you know, probably, you know, early, late thirties, good looking dude. Um, but he, uh, he went on this podcast and, you know, I think that what he said really like struck a chord with me and it's something that I actually heard after I decided to 
use the alias and I knew that he was obviously using an alias, but I heard this podcast after the fact and he talked about like how we all wear masks, but you know, it's important to emphasize the importance of your intention, have clarity within yourself as to why you're doing what you're doing, not for fame, attention, or likes, but for the authenticity and the connection. And the intention is to help connect with others and create art from a space of authenticity and intentionality. Again, not for likes or follows, but really to, you know, create to inspire the uninspired type thing and really work to understand what is the energy that people can feel from your creations. And I think that that's really like where I would, you know, I came to that idea from a similar place um, because I, I had thought about that a lot. And, you know, I think that we look at that social media as like our highlight reels and they're not real. Um, you know, that's another thing that, that he said that I shared, but it's like um, sometimes I look at my Instagram and wish I had my life. And it's super interesting. And I, I think I used to really think about that when I was going through it, you know, in a place where what I was sharing wasn't aligned with what I was feeling. And there had to be a million other people doing the same thing, right? Or more than that. So then I tried to share what I was feeling and like use the biggest platform that I had to authentically share my life in a different way than most people choose to on that platform. And in a way that I think a lot of people over time really started to relate to because it is real, it is authentic, and it, it's being created from a place where I have clarity within myself as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it, it was never for attention. I always said in the beginning, if I could help one person, then it'd be worth it. Um, and I think I've, you know, since then helped a lot of people with it. So of course it's worth it, but um, that's really, you know, a result of creating from a space of authenticity and you know, intentionality and not for anything else that comes with a large platform or a large audience. It's really just to connect authentically with the people that choose to follow it. Um, and, you know, that's, I think that's reflected in, you know, conversations that I have with people on in my DMs on there and, you know, in, in person too. Um, so that's really kind of where, where that came from. And it was hard for me to like let go of that when I started kind of incorporating it with my actual Instagram now and, and turning it into more of a brand. Cause now I'm kind of putting like my face and image behind it a little bit um, because I always wrote from that place and wanted to give people the opportunity to read it in their voice so that they could feel like they were saying it or they were thinking it. And that was a lot of the feedback I would get is like, you know, I, I feel this way or I've thought this, but I wasn't able to put it into words. And like, that helps people, you know, it, it's the same thing as writing it out yourself. Once you see it written down, you can associate a feeling or a moment or an experience with it. And it helps you process things and, you know, helps you maybe see things differently that ultimately, you know, helps you heal or get through a situation, um, those kind of things. So that was, that was why I did it at first. And you know, I think there's a lot of people that still will maybe never know who I am, but um, 
yeah, that's, that was the main reason. Was there any part of you that thought that if you like weren't alias anymore, that you would maybe have to like play the, not play the role of, but like you were more responsible to like show the side of you that was like the creator, like this deep thinker that, you know, a lot of your, a lot of your writing is, is very deep and it, it, um, you know, it tugs at the strings of a lot of people and it certainly has for me as well. So do you think that the reason that you made it alias at first at all was because of somebody that you would have then had to like portray yourself as, or you felt responsible to be? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I was still sharing those posts on my actual account, like on my story. So the people that knew me that followed me at the time, you know, they, they knew that was, I mean, maybe they didn't, but, um, I actually had a lot of people say they never knew that was my account and they were following it. Um, and maybe they just thought I was sharing it on my story because I liked it. Uh, but, but no, I mean, I mean, I think that's really like how I live my life and the conversations or relationships that I have friendships. Those are the, that's the direction that a lot of my conversations go in day to day because I, you know, I feel like we all have something we can learn from everybody and you're not going to learn it unless you dive into the, the depths of conversations that allow you to learn those things from people in your circle. And, um, you know, I would always try to create space for those conversations. And I think, the way I do that is just by being open myself first. And, and I think that that makes other people feel comfortable enough to maybe be more open with me. And then we can really, you know, build a stronger friendship connection from that, that place and that like shared understanding of, of one another, if that makes sense. And um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I still show up in that same way in life and in my friendships and my relationship now. And, um, you know, I, I try not to preach, but I try to push people in that direction a little bit if they're not there. And I know that like that depth and authenticity scares some people, but I also understand how good it is for us as humans to really like go there. And everyone, everyone has that inside of them, it's just their choice as to whether or not, you know, they put themselves in situations to where it can be pulled out, you know, in a, in an authentic way that's helpful and, um, you know, positive for them. So I think that that's, that's kind of like my mission with it is really just to, you know, not so much like fight the, I think at first it was the toxic masculinity thing and like trying to fight that a little bit. Um, but you know, it's not just a masculine thing. It's a human thing. Um, and I think that the more that, that we share, the more we can relate to one another and understand one another. And I think that the same way that sports have the ability to, you know, transcend culture and, and race and all those things, I think words do as well, you know, whether they're spoken or written. Um, they're really the only thing that passes through pages into eternity. You know, it's the only thing that, that really lives forever. So, um, 
you know, I think there's like a little bit of a, like not romantic in the romantic sense, but like a romantic aspect of it too, you know, from that standpoint, if that makes sense. Yeah, man. And that made me think of something. So like our other mutual friend, James Boria, who was on the podcast recently, we came up in our conversation was we, him and I are both, you know, 22, 23 years old. We don't have it figured out. We don't, we never will, but we're not trying to preach to anybody, but the things we say are just the realizations that we have as we're going along on this process. And the things that we put out there on social media are just realizations that we're having. And we're not like, again, we're not trying to preach to anybody. A lot of the stuff that we say are things that we need to hear ourselves. So yeah, I think, I think that that's very true in what you do as well. Yeah. It's, it's tough because, you know, people will take something that's enlightened and twist it or choose to judge it in a way that, that paints it as like, that's preachy or what do they know? You know, what, what can I learn from him or her? And, you know, I think that that's just, again, a reflection of those people that are doing that. It's not a reflection of the person on the other end. And ultimately, I think if you, if you feel inclined to share something, then you should share it. Like, otherwise, it's just going to stay, stay with you. And what's the point of having that feeling if you don't share it? You know, like, there's a reason why you feel that trust your intuition, trust your gut, don't second guess it, share it, you'll find the people that want to be on the receiving end of it. Um, and, you know, there's another aspect of it where I'm never preaching. Like I'm just, you know, and I think you would relate to this and James Wood and other people. I think that I don't think of it as trying to say the right thing. And that's what I think that preaching is like trying to say the right thing, but I don't try to say the right thing. I just try to, I just say what I feel out of love. That's it. Like out of love for myself and other people. And if, if I say something the wrong way, then, then I say something the wrong way. Like nobody gets it right. Nobody has it all figured out, but at least I'm fucking trying. Like, you know, like at least you're trying, James is trying and we're all trying to, to make like, the people around us better by doing that and ourselves better and, you know, have that type of impact. And I think that the world needs more of that because, you know, there's a, you know, as you know, there's a lot of shit that goes on <laughs> in people's lives. And the more we feel supported and the more we feel connected through those, those mediums with the people around us versus disconnected, the easier our existence is. You know, and it, I think that it, it really can alleviate a lot of weight that people carry around with them if they're able to get things off their chest and share them freely and openly and not fear the judgment of other people and trust that those people on the receiving end are, are there for them and support them. And, you know, I think that uh, that doesn't happen without people like us doing that type of thing. You know, like there's a lot of dudes out there that we're friends with that need it more than anyone else but they'll never say they need it. And that's why you have to keep doing it. Why do you think it's so hard as dudes to like talk about like 
love and abundance and tranquility and you know things like that just because it's i don't know it's it's something that i i tend to think about a lot but it's it's not something that's like mainstream to talk about for like dudes especially like our age yeah i mean i, I don't have the answer i think i have my understanding of it and ultimately that i think that a lot of men young boys that you know from when you're a boy till young man to a grown man yeah i think a lot of people choose to you know shelter their their emotions because they think that it, it makes them look weak. Um, and and my, my view of it is like, maybe that's a result of the way that they were parented. And that's, you know, largely the reason why a lot of us are the way that we are for the most part. And everything that's in us is conditioned in us from a young age. And it's up to us to either unlearn it or, you know, continue moving forward with it. Um, so I think a lot of it stems from that. I mean, you know, our dads grew up in a different era. Their dads grew up in a different era. Things were conditioned in them that are conditioned in us. It's all a cycle. Um, and, you know, historically men were the head of the household taught to, you know, be strong, right? Protect your family. Don't show signs of weakness because back in the day, things would get taken from you if you did that. Um, and today it's obviously different. So I think that, you know, there's a, a freedom that men used to, you know, probably didn't have in the past that they maybe have now to, to be more open about those things. Um, because it is, you know, becoming a bit more normal to do that, I think, as more people do it, but it's still tough. I mean, I think that a lot of it has to do with ego as well. You know, you have to be willing to kill the character that you've created. Like, I'm not a superhero. I'm not like a, a superstar athlete. I'm not these things that maybe you as a kid growing up, like envision yourself being. And you don't see, at least I didn't really see those people growing up sharing their feelings much or, you know, sharing a softer side, right? So it's all conditioned in us, but you know, I think it's also a result of just who we surround ourselves with and how we hold those people accountable to, you know, not bullying. Like uh, I'm sure a lot of people were bullied in middle school, high school, and that experience, I know that that happened to me and it like, you know, it can really shut people off to, to the world and to a part of themselves and they just suppress it for a long time and never, develop the, the tools and the skills to really know how to share it, you know, because they've never practiced sharing it. Um, and their experience in some sense is, you know, cut short and, you know, and, and limited because of that. But I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's, it's one of the toughest like things to, to really figure out because we're all human. We all experience the same emotions. 
for some reason or another, it's just easier for, um, or, you know, or harder for, for men to share those things and to really like accept that side of themselves. But everybody feels it. Like we all have the same thoughts, the same feelings, you know, deep down, we're really all alike. And it's a human thing. It's not a male, female thing. It's just, it's a human thing. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's my best guess, but yeah, there's still people that I know that, you know, probably will never get to that place. And that's, that's tough because I know that if it, you know, if, if they were able to, it would probably help them and you know make their life better but a lot of it has to do with the relationship that you have with yourself too like do you have the confidence as a as a young man or a grown man to really like share those things to to write about love or the loss of love or you know like I think that those are some of the most confident people and those are the people that I look up to as like examples of who I want to become because that's being willing to accept life as it is rather than as you think it should be like not every, every guy has to, you know, shelter their emotions and, and hide their feelings. I think it's a sign of strength, not weakness. Um, if you're able to accept every part of yourself and in that gain clarity and confidence and then choose to share it with the people around you, I think that's very powerful for, you know, for any, for anyone to do um, really. But yeah. What's something that you would tell your younger self if you were to go back either your 13, 14 year old self, which you brought up or that kind of college age transitional into adulthood mm -hmm. person. What's something that you would tell him now that you've been where you are and done what you've done and been able to experience these things in life? Probably like something along the lines of, I don't know. Like, I know you'd be proud if you were here today. You know, I think that you have time <laughs> and the most important thing is what you do with that time and, and how you choose to spend it and who you choose to spend it with. Everything is borrowed. So make the most of it. And, you know, I think that a lot of I don't know, a lot of athletes, younger men, people in general maybe struggle with like feeling proud of themselves and, you know, they feel stuck and they feel like they're not capable of certain things and they limit what they think is possible by, you know, having that type of self-talk and internal dialogue. And it holds a lot of people back, you know, so I would you know, also say like to my younger self, try not to limit what you think is possible. And I still tell myself that till this day almost every single day and i you know that's that's the one thing that i would preach if i were to preach something to anyone don't limit what you think is possible because you're so much more than your thoughts and once you get out of that place and you really like find a sense of confidence in that and you do a few things to show yourself that damn maybe i didn't think that was possible before but i just did it then you really start to like believe that you can keep doing those things and, you know, expand your life in that way. But 
it starts with just starting like you know like <laughs> there's no secret sauce there's no like method to it it's really just by putting yourself in that place and believing in yourself and say it all the time but you know believe in yourself even before anybody else does you know like you may not have the experience to go do something that other people wouldn't believe in you to do because you have no experience doing it to this point. But if you believe in yourself, you put yourself in that position and you just start doing it. Eventually they'll start to believe in you, but that doesn't happen without believing in yourself first, because if you'd never believe in yourself, you'd never start. Um, so that's, I mean, that's another thing. I know that was like three different things. So I'll, I'll stop talking now. <laughs> oh, good, man. I have a, uh, I've got a magnet on my fridge it was a gift from one of my buddies. It, uh, it says life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And mm -hmm. you, know, you hear it and spoken in various different ways, but it all means the same thing. Like life really does. Like once you step out of the comfort zone, the realm of, you know, what you've always like the limiting beliefs that you've always had for yourself, you yeah. start to, you start to meet people. And then from that, you meet more people and you're able to have experience. I'm coming to Texas in like a week or so to come see you and Corey yeah. and a bunch of other people that it's funny how like life has just become full circles. You meet one person and then you're just introduced to so many amazing people in your life. And it's just the optimism and like hope mm -hmm. and belief that you start to develop when you're surrounded by like-minded people is something very very serene yeah no it's dope i mean that's that's the world we live in you can you know you can find your your tribe you, you'll find your people like or they'll find you and i think that's something a lot of people also struggle with is feeling like they have to stay stuck in the same place because their friends are in that place the friends don't have to come with you if they're not you know if they're not ready to maybe one day there will be, but you have to be okay with letting people go and hoping that and trusting that they'll find their peace. But everybody is on a different timeline, you know, like don't, it's okay to, you know, whether you actually say it or not, but like to think about a friendship and thank someone for their friendship, but say they don't fit my future type thing, you know, like be very conscious of who you choose to surround yourself with and spend time with you know, it's that rule of five type thing, right? You're, you're a product of the five closest people to you. And, and that's very true, largely. Um, you know, I think there's also a lot of other things that go into that, but well, that is definitely true. Um, so I think that's as you age and, you know, continue to mature, how you're doing the right things now, but, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see the results of that in time. And it will be, I mean, you're starting way earlier than I did with this stuff. So kudos to you. But I think that, you know, it's exciting that, that you're doing that. But five years from now, you're going to look back on this and, you know, it's going to, that's going to feel like a distant memory and you will have grown so much just from putting yourself in the right places around the right people. And I mean, that's, that's just exciting to think about. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. There's 
for anybody listening to that, just, just think about that. Like, think about where you're at right now. And just think if you moved the needle just a little bit every single day, five mm-hmm. years, 365 days every year, I'm not good at math, but it's a lot of days. It's a lot of, um, it's a lot of opportunity to move the needle there, but no, no, I love that. I just got like a few more questions for you before we wrap yeah. this up. But, um, yeah, man. So where do you see wavy dreamer going? Because it's kind of, I don't want to say exploded, but it's, it's blossomed into something that, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't really expect it to, and you've been able to impact wh- whether that was your goal or not was to, um, you know, impact a ton of people's lives. It has. And mm-hmm. where do you see that in five years? If you just move the needle on that every single day? Yeah. Um, so it's actually something that, that Corey and I talked about a little bit today. Um, and, you know, at first I was just going to kind of do it, do it solo, but now we're, we're working on some things together and workshopping it. But ultimately, you know, I think that I really want it to be a brand, like with a community aspect to it, you know, the same way a lot of NFT projects have value because of the community behind it. You know, I think that a brand has a similar opportunity in that sense. And, you know, still something that incorporates the the writing and the words but also like fashion and you know art and there's a lot of forms of art and you know i think it's kind of that like next phase of growth for me to to dive into something that you know i think is cool and i'm interested in and you know i feel like it's just another extension of my creativity is you know you know really developing and building a clothing line and, and apparel and something that when people wear they feel a sense of like belonging and attachment to a group of people that shares a vision and shares a mission. Um, but yeah, I think that that's kind of where we'll start with it. And my idea is really just for it to be kind of like Austin, Texas based at first, you know, I think this is a city where people come to, to grow into themselves. And, and I think that the brand community aspect, you know, to wavy dreamer is something that really shares that vision. And it's about, you know, once you, once you see the, the moments of like brilliance in every wave, the ups and downs of life, you start to learn how to become that wave and then create your own type thing. And, and I think that that's really like kind of how I see it and the writing, the fashion, whatever else comes, you know, with it in the future is an extension of that. And hopefully something that people feel like, you know, they can be a part of to feel inspired when they, you know, wear a crew neck or trucker hat or whatever, and, you know, see the posts, the words, you know, choose to share different things um, and just have that, you know, sense of, of belonging of whether you're, you know, I don't know, you could, you know, I, I wrote something about this. Every city is, but especially Austin too. It's, you know, it's a place full of, dreamers, misfits, artists, risk takers, lovers, fighters, boundary breakers, visionaries, and, and every, every soul in between. And, and I think that this brand hopefully will, will represent those people and, you know, hopefully welcome more people that kind of are moving in that direction, you know, as they, as they grow up and as they mature in a place like this. And, you know, hopefully it's something that we can you know, replicate in other places too. But, you know, I think that 
this city gave me a sense of belonging in a in a place where I feel like I could be myself and grow into myself. So I want this brand to be an extension of that for people that are going through that process now, currently. And, you know, I still go through it too, but um, that's really kind of where I see it going. Damn, man, you're really hyping Austin up. I might, I might not come home after I yeah. come, after I head down there in a couple of weeks. You should, you should. And now you're <laughs> looking for, you're looking for a new home. So make your way down. Could be. Um, yeah. Dude, I just wanted to say, first off, how awesome this was that we finally get to do this. Yeah. Um, this is really only our second time talking. Like, I'm just, I'm grateful that I, that our paths have crossed. Um, you and I, I mean, people can't see this, but we're rocking the forever athlete gear. So, um, you know, yeah, yes, sir. So, uh, you know, that's something that you and I are community, right? That's like, yeah. it's something we buy into, which is, which is sweet, but um, really looking yeah. forward to meeting you in a couple of weeks. But uh, brother, last question I have for you is, how do you define ambition and what does that mean to you? Ambition. You know, I think that that's just the, the desire to accomplish the unknown. And that is something that is energizing. And if you think about that, when you wake up in the morning, that can excite you and that can motivate you to go out there and just, you know, live in that desire and live in that place where you're always chasing the unknown. I mean, tomorrow isn't promised. Everything in the future is unknown, right? So why not go after things that, you know, I think that that also ambition and courage kind of go hand in hand. And I think courage is just the, you know, the ability to do things that are uncertain. And that's kind of how I look at it. And I think that you know, ambition is something maybe, I don't know if you can develop it. I think you just have it, you know, like I think certain people just have it and it's just that desire to like be great ultimately and whatever it is you choose to do. Damn, man. Yeah. That was <laughs> for someone for saying that you were stumped, you blew that one out of the water. So yeah. um, ambition, courage, those are two things that I, I, I feel in me and I feel like need to come out more. And I feel like a lot of those are two things that we, that we all have and we just need to figure out how to, to get them out of us and convey them and, you know, bring our, our unique self and our unique offering to the world. So dude, uh, I just want to thank you for the conversation that we've had tonight for your time, for the work you're doing with wavy dreamer, forever athlete, hidden opponent, all that you're involved in. Um, I want to acknowledge you for, you know, your bravery in stepping out of your comfort zone and doing things that um, scare you a bit and, you know, just saying, fuck it, like, <laughs> just keep moving forward. So yeah, I, I want to acknowledge you, bro. I appreciate it. I, uh, I appreciate you for, for having me for, so you're, you're light years ahead of a lot of people that, you know, maybe came from the same place as you are in the same place now. And I think that that is, uh, something to be proud of and like take stock in you know remind yourself of that every day because that keeps you going too always learning always growing man yeah um, where can people find you oh man Corey hit me with the same question <laughs> <laughs> uh just you know i don't know i don't like that question it's not really for people to find me you know like it's more 
for them to find themselves mm. you know in the words if you want to if you want to find me so you can find yourself type thing you know that's a very corny way of saying it but it's true like follow what i write and you know i think that hopefully that sparks some ideas and thoughts inside of you that, that help you find yourself a bit more and it's not about finding me that's not why i do it it's not my intention you know i really want to give people the same opportunity to find themselves in the way that I was able to through, you know, the way that I think or write or, you know, walk through life every day. So, you know, I hope that people see that and see me doing what it is that I want to do, regardless of other people's perception and what they think I should be doing and being confident in that, not apologizing for it. And I think that the more that we do that as individuals, the world becomes a better place and life reflects that. And, you know, I think that that, that's something that hopefully through people finding me, they'll, they'll find that in themselves. Cause that's ultimately like my mission. And what I hope to accomplish is to help as many people, you know, step into that part of themselves as, as possible. That's deep, man. And yeah. I'm just going to link all your stuff in the bottom of the show notes. Yeah, link so that's where you can also <laughs> find it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe dreamer, but I can't really spell it. There's no, there's no ease in it. Right. I spelled, I spelled it wrong when I actually created it and I got it tattooed on me spelled wrong. So, <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> hey man, this is a part of the, part of the process, but a, uh, a writer who can spell every word in every post correctly, but can't spell his writing alias correctly. <laughs> it's yes. fitting. It's yes. very fitting. So fitting. Nothing's perfect, right? All right, man. Dude, thank you again for this. This was amazing. Looking forward to, you know, all that you do in the future. Appreciate you.